Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 128. This week on the show, I've got a conversation with Black Guy Fox. Um, obviously, that's a stage name, uh, but no, had a great time talking with him. He just recently dropped a new album that we talked about. Um, that album is called Life, Love, and the Bomb. Uh, it's a really cool conversation. You know, we talked a lot about uh, him writing songs uh, about his truth and the, you know, social injustices that are happening and um, kind of his perspective as a member of the BIPOC community and things like that and how that affects his songwriting, uh, as well as deep diving into a few of the songs and kind of giving a new perspective to people that maybe don't fully understand or relate to the content of those songs. So, um, yeah, again, great time talking with him and, um, you know, big shout out to him and this new record and, Let's uh, make this a, a quick intro and jump right in. This is my conversation with Black Guy Fox. Awesome, man. So, uh, to kick things off, since these episodes aren't going to come out at the same time, um, for anyone that doesn't know who you are, who are you and what do you do, man? I'm Black Guy Fox. I play um, guitar and I live in Western Maryland. I play probably awesome. guess full punk and Appalachian, Appalachian full punk, you will call it. Yeah, awesome. Um, so you know, we for anyone that's listening to this, we did a episode of Musicians for Mental Health together, um, and I kind of found out about you through uh, the Nathan Gray and the Iron Roses tour. Um, so let's talk. You know, let's kind of rewind now that I'm a little bit more familiar with you. Uh, but let's rewind a little bit for people that maybe don't know you. Um, let's talk about kind of getting out and, you know, doing this type of music. You know, this is a, a area of music, a genre of music, if you will, um, that unfortunately, kind of like what we talked on the mental health episode about, unfortunately isn't really... Um, is more white male dominated, right? So what's this experience been like for you to, to stay true to yourself, but at the same time, work your way into being someone that's recognized in this genre of music? Well, it's, it's, it's difficult, honestly. Like it's, again, you're, you're looking at a genre in punk or folk punk band that's preventing this white male dominated and you really don't, you really don't get a voice. I have to work twice as hard to, to get half of my success and it sucks i gotta work this hard but but at the end of the day all i can really do is just speak my truth and just be true to myself um you hear a lot of different folk punk group folk punk acts and talking the same thing doing drugs um being depressed or just drinking just drinking way too much or just going on ass trips or, or something else like or just going on um shrimp trips or whatever but i but at a at a quarter folk and folk punk, it's all protest stuff. And I'm going to speak about these pro these big issues that do need to be. Uh, I was I was sing protest songs. I will speak about issues that need to be spoken about. And I'll speak my truth as as a musician. I don't want to be just labeled and just keep singing about the same shit everybody else is singing about. I want to speak about what I'm feeling, 
how what how I get through the day and what does matter what what does matter to me the most. And I, I it got to a point where I guess like later on getting to I I really just stopped caring to an extent. I don't I don't like um I I just won't be myself. I don't care who was watching. I'll I'll sing about singing the bites listening I'll um dancing the bites watching. And I'll just speak my truth no matter what. And people gravitate towards it, then great. But if not, then it's really just just not for them. And it, I never really had anybody personally in full punk that I could look up to as, as like a black singer songwriter. So I want to be that. So to be in that position where I, where other um, BIPOC folk can look to me if they look to me, I can't say they do or not, if they do or not. But just to get that experience of seeing somebody who looks like them on stage, that, that's what matters to me the most. Yeah, for sure. And that's something, you know, that I think is is super powerful that, you know, you're coming at it from kind of a, a two prong approach with the fact that, you know, you're obviously aware that, unfortunately, being a white dominated, um, a white male specifically dominated uh, genre that you're having to, to work harder. And, and, you know, obviously, that fucking sucks because it shouldn't matter just you know not to to try to correlate it you know and downplay it but like it's the same thing i've said about female fronted bands for a long time like why the fuck do we have to specify that they're a female fronted band that that has nothing to do realistically with the artist itself um and same for you like i shouldn't have to say Oh, you know, Black Guy Fox, obviously the name already, you know, describes you, but I shouldn't have to say he's a black singer-songwriter. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. It does in the sense, you know, the flip side of that coin, it does in the sense of the music that you write in these these protest songs. Like you said, you're speaking your truth, and so obviously there is a lot of um, racially-fueled, uh, you know, content. And I think, though, the importance of of the way that you're doing it is in this format with the the folk pop or folk punk and you know kind of this this punk rock uh vibe you know a those types of music like punk rock specifically um is traditionally more anti-establishment things like that uh i think the cool thing though with you is that folk element makes it really easy for people to listen to you know what i mean like punk music isn't for everybody um you know there's a lot of people that that don't like the way that the speed or the way that the vocals come across whereas with the music that you're doing what i've really become a fan of and enjoyed is it's laid back enough that i i can feel your message i can understand your message and and get behind it but I don't feel like you're screaming at me. You know what I mean? Right. I, it's, it's this thing. I want to. I want to make the music palatable, ish. But the message at the at the core is it. Like these are these are just uncom- uncomfortable things. Yeah. And and people and sometimes people people understand the message of, of what I'm saying. Other times it'll make people feel uncomfortable. Like it'll make people feel feel ang- well feel weird about it. But it's a matter how you embrace that. Um, discomfort are you going to embrace are you going to embrace it and actually think about what i'm saying about and make a change or are you just going to hide and just ignore it and just not pay attention to it anymore 
there, there are two levels of, of doing that. I remember I played one show one day. I played my song, Whatever Happened to Jim Crow. And basically it was about me, about my troubles of being a black male in America and, and how I'm stigmatized, how I'm condemned, how I'm victimized, and how I don't know whether, whether to fit in. And this one white woman um, pulled me aside and said, why do you sound so angry? Why are you angry all the time? She was just very distraught by the song. Right. So I had to explain to her, this is what the song's about, and it may not be for you. So what are you going to do about it? And it just and kept, kept trying to grill me about it. Yeah, and, and that's an interesting, you know, kind of thought. I guess, you know, maybe for me it's a um, it's obvious. You know what I mean? Like that song is a very obvious song to me. But I guess, you know, maybe a sheltered person or maybe somebody that for whatever reason isn't kind of caught up on history but like it's in the the name of the song it's in the lyrics like it's a very powerful message especially for the BIPOC community where you know as a, a white person myself you know I cannot fathom going up to a, a person of of color or you know Hispanic descent or whatever and being like why do you sing about things that show that you were oppressed or you know what i mean like why would you sing about this negative thing it's well because that's my life experience right well hey, I'm, I'm not going to be told what i can and can't fucking sing about right. at the end of the day i have my my the message i preach is give a fuck my mind do sing do whatever the fuck you want to do dance playing bands speak about politics draw whatever you want to do just do whatever make, what makes you have whatever gets your gets um whatever gets your point across whatever fulfills your heart and people will follow people won't but i'm it is it is not my job to to make white people feel comfortable it's not my job to be white people to be palatable for them my job is to speak my truth and sometimes my truth is harsh so yeah. embrace it or you can fuck off yeah no i i totally agree with you man and i think i think that's kind of where my head goes with with your story about that lady is like why would it be your responsibility I, we touched on it in the, the mental health episode, really. Like, it's not your job to educate me or anyone else about this issue. Like, it's my job as an observer of, of the world, if you will, to go into it and go, huh, I wonder what that, you know, what that means. Or, you know, if there's subject matter behind this thing and go research it myself. And obviously it's okay to ask questions, but to belittle someone or attempt to belittle someone over their life experiences and what they are singing about and the message that they're putting out like how fucking pretentious can you be exactly it's it's the it's the sheer emotional labor like i'm it's do not ask me for my own emotional labor look it up yourself i can have i can have i can have a conversation about it if there's like small questions but not but if you are actively playing devil's advocates and just using this not to educate yourself, but just but just to stir cause more division, or just to try to get your own point across. If you have an um, opposite viewpoints of mind, I'm not for that at all. I'm not right. on the on the subject of agreeing to disagree. I'm here trying to protect my dead, my dead and living bipod brother and sister and all binary folk in the fucking streets right now. That's what that's what I'm that's what I'm after at the end of the day. Not just them, but also anybody else who is mar who is a marginalized um body who who is trans queer and non-binary this um disabled or femme presenting or, or male presenting. it's i gotta i have to protect them that's that's my goal 
Yeah, anybody marginalized. Absolutely, man. I, I super fucking respect that out of you that, you know, like, it's so easy, I think, for people to assume that you, not you specifically, but like that any artist really that is bringing these issues to light, regardless of if it's, you know, a BIPOC issue or a white issue, whatever it is, you know, when people bring um, their truth to light, I think it's so easy for a lot of people to assume it's kind of this victimhood, right? And this woe is me type thing. And it's like, no, this is, this is a massive issue. Like, you know, there's so many artists not to get fully off topic or anything, but like to try to rationalize it maybe for some people. There's so many artists that, you know, sing about depression and whatnot. And it's not a, you know, look at me, I need the attention thing. It's a, hey, look at this fucking issue that we have in the world and we need to do something about it. And I think that's what your message is a lot of times is not on the depression side necessarily, but like the the social and economic issues that are affecting the BIPOC community. Um, and it's not a, a cry out for people to, to give you sympathy or to, um, you know, to pity you or anything like that. It's a, I'm tired of this shit happening. You know, the fact that we can't turn on the news and not have another fucking tragedy on it for, you know, it seems like every day at this point, that's a fucking problem. Why are we not taking steps to do something about it? Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm at a point where, like, I'm just kind of not, not believe it, I'm just kind of thinking about this stuff. Like, I'll sing about it when, whenever I need to or whatever, whenever I truly fucking feel like it. But I want now to take action. Songs I right now are about calls to action in, re- in regards to this. We can, we can vent about it. We can we can play our feelings. But if you are if you are privileged in any way, shape, or form, it's, we have to stop. It. We have to stop just singing about this. So we're just doing woes, me clutching the pearls about this. When actually start fully finding ways to fix these things. Like like we we just found out that they just overturn overturn Roe v. Wade. We got to, we can. We this is gonna happen for a while. We knew about this. Now we're at a point where we can't keep can't just keep continuing to cry about it. We got to do something about it. We got to find we had to find the Plan Bs, if you will. If they take away this Plan B, we got to find a new Plan B. So it's it's it's, diff, it's difficult to, to speak about these things, but like, well, we gotta have these simple conversations. That's how we. That's how we move the path. That's how we find ways to fix what's going on right now yeah yeah um and i don't want to say that you and i don't have the authority to speak on like roe v wade or or something like that but i think the thing is like because we're males right people automatically assume oh they their opinion doesn't matter about it and while my quote-unquote opinion may not matter my support and and allyship does matter. And if I'm not speaking up about it, if you're not speaking up about it, you know, like regardless, it goes, you know, not just Roe v. Wade, any sort of marginalized, marginalized group, like you've talked about deserves to have allies that are going, Hey, we're not going to stand for this anymore. We're moving forward and we have to figure out a way to do this. 
Exactly. Now's not the time to just sit on, sit on the sidelines. Just play, just play neutral, or just post up a black, um, a, a black square as a profile picture. Or now, seeing people don't, don't, are doing pink squares for abortion. Like that's not going to do shit. Right. What are you actually going to do to move to to move to move this? Stop with this performative way of activism. Stop with just trying to stay out of it. Not want to get political. It's not politics anymore. It's human fucking rights. So let's actually find ways to do it. Let's donate. Let's let's start rallies. Let's let's push for legislation. Let's contact our congressman. Let's contact our local our local um government workers. Let's do whatever we can locally, nationally, and globally to change the stuff. It's, yeah. it's easier said than done, but simple simplistically do it. it. Just starts with having motivation to do it. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, tying back into your music, that's the thing with this new album life love and the bomb like there's so much on this album obviously not roe v wade because at the time of writing it you know you didn't know what exactly was going to happen for sure with it but um there's so much on here though that you know is is very real and you know like you said earlier it may make some people uncomfortable but i think the people that are open-minded enough to listen to the music and to be uncomfortable and to absorb the message i think those are the people that are also in a position to be an ally if that makes sense you know if if you're willing to absorb what the message is and honestly think about it and and reflect on it and say you know what he's right there's a fucking problem here and then like you said don't just i'm going to change my profile picture because that's all it takes that so I'm, I'm sorry, sorry real quick but um yeah. but the call just dropped for some reason so i didn't hear anything that you okay. just said yeah no worries um so no uh, basically what i was saying uh is you know with this uh, the new album life love and the bomb um there's so many messages on here that i think if people are like truly open-minded and willing to listen to the message and get uncomfortable for a little bit um they're the ones that are going to be potentially the strongest allies because they're going to absorb this message and go, he, he's got a fucking point. And it's time for us to, to stand with these people um, being, you know, anyone that's being oppressed, regardless of race, color, creed, whatever, and make a move to make serious change. Correct. And what what I'm not for right now, honestly, if you if you're listening to the album, and you want to make and you want to make a change, that's that's great. I'm glad I'm glad you're embracing this change. What I, what I cannot handle right now, personally, are just the ones who hold your who hold their allyship as hostage, saying, "Well, if you're nicer to me, or you said this in a different tone, then maybe I will maybe I will join." You're just turning away good allies, like that's. That's not that's not what's happening right now. Like we, either you want to get involved or you, or you don't. Like don't use that as hostage. You don't hold hold your allyship as hostage. That goes for anybody who who is for the feminist movement. Anybody who's for BLM, for for queer rights, for trans rights. You don't hold that as as hostage. You listen and you take this criticism and you hold yourself accountable. And you take it on the fucking chin and you do better. Yeah, yeah. No, I I a hundred percent agree. And I think the the thing with those the people that are holding it hostage, um, 
you know, I think they're the ones that are doing it for show a lot of times too. That, that well, I want to say that I'm I'm an ally, but you know, I'm not going to make any real effort to be an ally. And those people can just fuck off. Right. Yeah, I've 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 come in a, you know come across a fair share of that. I come across that one came with friends that I have, or I came across that with musicians that I that I know that won't necessarily speak out about that. They don't want to get political and just stay on that side and just act like act, act like they're out that their um allyship is is for high regard and they should, and we should be nice to them. That's just gaslighting behavior. We're not for that. Like either be a part of it, either hop on or hop the fuck off. As Bob, as Bob Dylan said, yeah. Your old world family agent, please get out a new one if you can't lend a hand for the times you are changing. Like hop join us or or just don't. Don't don't do it under under your under your circumstances. And I think too, like for the people that don't want to get political and you know, things like that, that's fine. That's your own prerogative, whatever. But get the fuck out of the way because all you're going to do is cause noise in this, this, you know, the protests and things like that. And the message is going to get lost, you know, like, I think that was the big thing. Um, and you can correct me if, if you think differently on this, but when the George Floyd thing happened and, you know, the Black Lives Matter was really becoming a, a major, major thing, everybody started changing their profile pictures to just the black squares and stuff. But that fucked up the algorithm and the actual messages were getting lost because there's no, you know, it, the algorithm got flooded with bullshit support. And so the people that were really trying to make change and make efforts and, and drive these conversations are just getting lost in the mud over it because there's too much noise. I, for the life of me with Fiber of my being, hate, truly hated the black the black squares profile picture. What was that do? What was the point of that? Why why would you think you know? I'll just make a black square. That's gonna show. Our, that's gonna show our support. That's gonna show our support. I like, know the black square doesn't mean don't doesn't mean shit. The hashtags don't mean shit. The the t shirts that you wear. That are probably that are probably made by white-owned companies. That's what they can profit off of this. Don't mean shit. What matters the most is you showing up for black folks when you need it. You make the sacrifices and push for things, push for the things that we need. You pay the reparations. You outwardly speak out about this while we're while we are and are not looking. That's what matters the most. Yeah. Like I'm 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 truly, I'm truly just fucking tired. Of of all of all of of some or some of the social media hashtags, and just seeing just seeing those like like go, come across as hey I'm making a change I'm making an effort like no you're literally just there just virtue signaling online unless you're actually going out and doing fucking work then I don't know what's happening yeah, nobody knows no. nobody knows what's happening I, it, 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 that that stuff truly irritates me like it's like I don't know what irritate well I don't know what irritated me the most that. Or or during or during the um 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 she matters to me too the, the fucking vagina hats like yeah. those don't do anything I like, can see I like, can see all these dudes walking around with those vagina hats think it's funny or think it's trendy and I like this showing support it's really it's really not at all go out there and actually push for change or actually like help elevate women of color 
or just women in general, or or in regards to BLM, elevate black, or elevate anybody who's black or BIPOC, and push them to the forefront. Either stand with us, next to us, or stand behind us. That's yeah. all you can do. Or if you got every actually protecting us on during these protests, stand in front of us. Right. But know, but know your place and know when to step in and know what you need to do. Yeah. No, I, I a million percent agree with you. And I think like for me, the big thing when it comes to like the shirts and stuff like that, like fine if you want to wear one of the shirts and and whatever. But like you said, A, make sure that it's not a bullshit money grab from a company. But B be educated on the fucking topic because what if somebody sees that shirt and they're like, hey, I've seen that a lot, you know, like, can you tell me about it? And then you're just in there looking like a fucking clown because you can't talk intelligently about the the movement that you're trying to support. Like, you know, again, obviously Black Lives Matter is the, the easy one because it's been one of the most recent and, and prevalent. But like, if you wear... <laughs> I guess to to lighten it a little bit, it's no different than when, you know, the kind of meme videos and, and the vines where um, you go up to somebody wearing a band's t-shirt and you're like, awesome, can you tell me three of their songs? And people can't name a fucking single one of them. And it's like, oh, oh, you're not really a fan, you just like the design. Okay. You know what I mean? And And I think that happens a lot with these movements too is, well, I want to kind of clout chase right like we talked about on the mental health one like i want to look like i want to give the appearance that i'm supporting but i don't want to do anything that actually supports correct and in, in regards to the agorism yeah there has to be a thing of you have to know when it's not about you and do not right. make it about you don't we we have zero time for for male center we have zero time for for straight for cis head centering we have low zero time for just white centering like white centering things be for the cause or just don't be for it at all there there's no other in between there's there's no gray area you can't you can't just show up some of the time you have to show up 110 percent of the time yeah because that because that itself is a privilege that itself is showing that you can you can hop in and out of these movies whenever whenever you want to but for us, who are, who who are marginalized, who these issues are about, we don't get to have that choice. We are constantly in them. We're constantly smothered by them. We're constantly think, thinking about these things, so we can't avoid that. You having luxury doing that is a, is a privilege in and of itself. Yeah. No. I again, everything you say, man. Like, I I agree with you know, especially on these topics because it's so easy to see. I think when someone is authentically caring about those around them and and the you know the impact that society is having on those around them and you know obviously the the goal is we're all human beings so it shouldn't matter if you know the person or not like you should give a fuck about their life um but you know if you're too narrow-minded for that if you can't look at your own social circle and say, this is affecting the people around me, I'm not okay with that, then you really need to reassess whether it's your religious beliefs or your your societal beliefs or whatever and, you know, figure out, are you on the right side of whatever, you know, moral uh, moral choosings that you're making? 
Um, and I think, you know, if people were honest with themselves more often than not, they're probably not on the right side of the moral choice. Correct. And it's, it is, it is, it's sad to see. I've, I've lost a lot of friends to, to these things, just knowing that they weren't actually supporting it, just, and they, they weren't actually supporting the things or just, or, or if they did, I would call them out on, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take their accountability. They'll just say, fine, we're not friends anymore. They would just cut themselves out. Or again, you use, use Alan Silver's hostage, and I, I truly just hate that. But at the end of the day, I got, I had to protect my own ass. I got, I got to remove people that aren't, that aren't fully actually going to be there for me. Yeah. And yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think for anyone that doesn't understand what that means, um, that, you know, is listening to this podcast, that means being the voice for you when it's being taken away, right? Like, obviously not speaking for you in the literal sense, but like, so often, I feel like especially politics, even today are so white male dominated, that me as a white male should be speaking up in support of these marginalized groups because theoretically and i mean historically and systemically you can see this the lawmakers in power are going to listen to the people that look like them that talk like them so if i and whoever has any sort of privilege to be a voice that people are listening to then we need to use it in the right manner Correct. And we, my, my goodness, it is, while, 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 while we're talking about this right now, while this won't be out for, for, for a good bit, this is the first time, well, then today was when the news chat about it. And I'm, I'm really just, just such an important tip about this. And I'm, I, it truly, truly just sad to me. And I'm truly hated the fact that, that these politicians really don't, at the end of the, at the core, just don't really talk about us or do whatever, whatever's going to make them happy. And, but even then, like I said, while I am tired, while I am irritated, while I am angry, I'm still going to continue to speak out about these things no matter what. I'll continue to speak my truth. I'll continue to stand up for those who need it the most. And and I, again, I, it, it caused people to, to not be fans about well, because I because I get quote unquote too political. And but I want them all to know whoever is listening and whoever is frustrated by what I'm saying or angry about what I'm saying, I want you to know deep down in my heart with every fiber of my being, from me to you, I do not give one flying fuck. <laughs> I will continue to speak out about these things. And in case you forgot, my name is Black Guy Fox. I believe that Black Lives Matter. I believe my life matters. I am pro- I am pro-feminist. I am pro-choice. I believe women can do whatever the fuck they want to with their bodies. And I'm here to protect every single person out there. So if you have a problem with that, either embrace it or fuck right off. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, I think I think I'm off my I think I'm off my my soapbox right now. So <laughs> no, you're you're totally fine, man. And again, that's one of the things I'm I'm really enjoying about you as a person and you as a musician is this this um how do I want to word this this unapologetic forward thinking machine that you're creating, right? Like. Obviously, you're. I, I say unapologetic, and I I don't mean that as a, a negative thing. Like a lot of people are going to take that, you know, or that traditionally take it that way. I think you're unapologetic because 
you don't have a reason to have to apologize. If you were wrong, you would say, cool, my bad, I fucked up, whatever. But you're unapologetic because there's nothing for you to be ashamed of or to say that, look, maybe I was on the wrong side of that. Everything you've been pushing for and everything that that you've sang about on this album that we're getting ready to dive into are real fucking things from a real point of view that are fucking statistically backed and a hundred percent accurate. You've, you've not, you know, formulated anything to this victimhood. It's all statistically provable issues. And so, you know, I, I commend you greatly on the stance that you're taking and saying like, look, if you don't, you know, like you just said, I don't give a flying fuck if you don't agree with me. Either get on board or get out of the fucking way. Exactly. There's no. There's it. There's no clear. It. There's no. There's only one right side of, of this, and that. Right. There's. It's not an egregious situation. It's not a healthy, wholesome debate. It's not. It's a hot dog sandwich. It's not. It's not. It's based on a good movie. Spoiler alert. It's not a good movie. It's. <laughs> it's. It's, it's human rights, and we cannot agree to disagree on what lives matter and what lives don't matter. And it's been clear, and it's been clear, extremely clear for decades, not even decades, fucking centuries, on what lives matter and what lives fully don't matter. So, if that's hard for you to realize as of right now, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm but. It, I don't know. I, 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 I get you, man. I get you. I will say, from a nostalgia standpoint, I disagree with you on Space Jam, but, but I was a kid when it came out, so you know, I've got that little bit of connection to it. All right, um, all, right all right, all right. Let me get the space. Let me get the Space Jam. I don't want to get political. But... No, no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but nostalgia. All right, this, this just so I can get on on a happy note. Space Jam, nostalgia wise. Is a fun movie. Space Jam, critically, is whack. Yeah, but yeah, no, you, I, you, I, you can like whatever you want to like. If you want like Space Jam, you can like Space Jam. I personally like Cats the movie from 2019, but that's see, that's, I, that's it. I haven't seen that one. Uh, I've seen the actual musical, so you know, I guess I could kind of support that. But I think that's. I mean, we're proving the point. We're being funny about it right now, but like we're proving the point that there are things that we can agree to disagree on. There's. There's absolutely surface level bullshit in our lives that like, sure, it, it doesn't matter what way you actually feel about something. But at the end of the day, the issues that you're singing about on this album, Roe v. Wade, things like that, these are human fucking issues. And there is no, oh, we can, we can disagree on this because of whatever. It is not up for fucking debate. There is a right side and there is a wrong side. And you better fucking make sure you're on the right side of that line. Exactly. That, that's that's all. That's all it. All the boy. All the boys on to make sure you you are fully and officially on on the right side of history. And I, I have no I have no sign of stopping being un, this unapologetically black or this unapologetically progressive or anything else. Like I'm still going to continue to do this out out for to, until the day I fucking die. To my last dying breath, I'll stay out of the team to speak out for for my for my people. 
Yeah. Black guy fucks is for the people and, and it's by the people and I will protect my community no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I commend you greatly on that because I think so often, you know, this may be the last point we, we hit on before we dive into the album, but I think so often people start off with, oh, I'm going to be, you know, really, really, you know, proud of these things that I'm talking about and I'm going to be very unapologetic and I'm going to make a stance and I'm going to be firm in that stance. And then they see the, the pushback that they're getting or, you know, in in music and arts and in general, entertainment in general, I guess, you know, whether it's an actor, a, a singer, whatever, they start seeing, oh, well, the the people fan base doesn't support me on this. So now I have to change because I want to make money. Like, fuck that. It's not about the commercialization of it. It's about the, again, the moral decision at the end of the day. And are you on the right side or the wrong side morally? Exactly. Um, you know, like I said, I, I there's no sign of sign of me stopping us right now, and uh, these these are the conversations conversations I truly like having. Just how we can move the bend forward. So let's and let's keep talking about it. So let's keep finding ways to do it. I'll keep singing about it until the until, until things change or until, until I get until I get tired of singing about it. I'll continue to do action until my legs fucking give out and until my throat stops, until until my until my throat bleeds. So yeah, yeah, no. Totally agree, man. Um, let's dive into the album, though. Uh, so you just dropped "Life, Love, and the Bomb." Um, we've touched on it a little bit at the very beginning. You've, you know, kind of been watching the numbers and and kind of seeing what people are saying about it, things like that. Um, and I I hope people understand. I feel like they do for the most part, but that's not a narcissistic thing. Like it's a piece of artwork that got put out. So obviously you want to see, is it resonating with people? And if it is great, you know, what are they, what are they saying? How are they using this to support the movement? Um, and if they're not okay, but why, you know, was I not clear in my message or do they just not agree with my message? And, you know, like we've said many, many times, if they don't agree with it, but they don't have any actual facts or, or, justified reason fuck off like we don't care about you um but <laughs> you know i i think that's where you're at right now right with the this album being out there it's kind of weighing the the scale a little bit of okay who's who's this resonating with how's it hitting them and how much of the you know negative side i guess do i need to take any real notice of Right, I guess. I guess for this again, I wrote this album for me, and and this is stuff that I care about. This is something that I that that matters to me, and something that I've dealt with in my in my own personal life. So when I, when I was and I, I was nervous. I I had I had some um, nervousness about putting out the album, but when I but as soon as I did. I just waited like like a day or two, just looking at the numbers of how it was streaming. I saw people were really like resonating with it. I got a lot of good messages from a lot of friends, like in in Nathan's band, um, and um, my personal friends, just like random people just reaching out to me and talking to me about how the album was to them. And that was that was a good sign. While while I wrote this again, while I wrote it for me, I'm glad to see that other people are kind of seeing this not as just songs, but but as, but as art. 
I just want to put out something that but that was at at the core of just art and that had that had themes to it. They had like they had like a consecutive theme to it. They had much stuff that people not just met myself, but also other people can relate to as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I think you've done that very well and you know, again, um not that I feel like it it's a a crutch or anything you know we talked on the mental health episode that in my particular area you know i i don't see as many of the things firsthand that you've experienced and that you've seen and you know i see it on the news and obviously i can can take that in but i think the thing was when i started listening to your album it it was painting the picture so that i could see it in kind of that firsthand point of view you know what i mean like it not that you wrote like this cinematic album by by any you know definition but it does tell a story in a very real way and a very vivid way that if you are listening and paying attention to you can see this story playing out yeah it's it's funny you say that because they say that like the cinematic thing because i I write albums like I like movies for um to an extent. Yeah. So I I would describe um so um like the title um the first song on You're Better Hurt. I want that to be like the opening credits to a movie or or like a semi Shakespearean kind of kind of like um the beginning of Romeo and Juliet where, where we talk about what the plot of what the plot of the whole um play is. Yeah. Or like or like um um the opening of Hamilton, how does the best orphan son of a whore, like that that whole opening line, and then I want that to be like the intro, like the like the title crawl, basically, and then at the at the very end, we hear "Life, Love, and the Bomb," the title track. I wanted that to be like the closing credits that wrap everything up thematically, you know, and in that in that sort of way. Yeah, no, and I think you did a great job with that. Um, I guess for me, when I when I say cinematic i i think more like traditional you know i was going more like it's not a symphonic symphonic um like movie score you know what i mean it it definitely does though tell a story conceptually uh and in a very real way that does again allow the listener i think to if they're paying attention to visualize what you're talking about um and like for me one of the songs that that jumped out at me you know i told you i wanted to really give the the album some space and allow it uh some time in my life so that i could actually appreciate what you were doing before we had this conversation um but track number three protest boys and riot girls i think was one of those songs that jumped out at me because it suddenly like as the song progressed for me, it sank in more and more that, you know, this is this is real life. This is what a lot of people are seeing themselves as and are represented as. Yeah, that that so that that song um that 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 song was actually written back in um twenty nineteen actually, like the beginning of that of that year. So I am only child and therefore I will never have any like nieces or nephews. And if I have kids, then I don't have any, any aunts or uncles. But for a lot of my friends, ki- friends who have kids, for them I am Uncle Ian. Right. And I and with and with them being from younger a younger generation, 
and how the, and the state of the world going to complete and other shit. I wanted that song basically to to be my letter to them, I'm telling them the world is shit right now. We're going through a lot. We are doing our best to make sure that you guys grow grow up in a good world. But at the end of the day, whatever soon it's going to be up to you guys. So stay loving, stay true, keep fighting, and do not let them see you bleed. And just be good people and know what is right at the end of the day. Yeah, no, and I, I think that comes across beautifully in this song, and um, it it ties into track number four really well too, which is this is what fear feels like. The a the way that you kind of meld those songs together, uh, I think was masterfully done. I think whether it was fully intentional or not, I think it definitely plays off each other very well. Um, Normally, I tell artists I, I don't like to dive into like the meanings of songs because I don't want to take it away from people that are, you know, making their connections or whatever. However, with your music, it's a little bit different because these are very specific concepts and very specific stories, right? Like, it's easy to listen to, you know, Bob Dylan or somebody uh, and just say what Bob's probably a bad example. So let's not use him. Let, let's use like Bayside. I'm a big fan of Bayside. Obviously, Anthony Renari had a lot of fucking heartbreak and a lot of his songs are about breakups and being depressed and stuff like that. So those are the connections, but I don't want to take it away from people and say, oh, well, he actually wasn't talking about a girlfriend that left him. That's about a dog that died, that type of stuff. But your songs are very much a here's a very specific thing and this is exactly what I'm talking about. There's not really room for, I, there's some room for interpretation, but there's not room for like interpretation in the sense that, man, I wonder what he meant by that. It's very direct. Yeah. Well, it's like, that, that, that's just that kind of product of the time, honestly. And like while writing some of these songs, um, it was. It wasn't like I sat down with a, with a pen and piece of paper. Said I want to write about this. It's just a matter of, well, how am I feeling right now? And then, like, this is what fear feels like. That one was kind of the kickoff ish for this album. Like it was. It was this thing of, I woke up one day and I kind of had that had that instrumental in my head. And I just started writing away. I just let my hand. I just let my hand flow, and like that opening verse came out, and I that scared the shit out of me. Because yeah. I didn't know exactly where that came from. That hence the title. This is what fear feels like. Because that song was written out of fear. And and when I was writing that, I was just scared shitless. But I am creating some some a song like that. And uh, the song that was course just basically about basically just about is what I'm doing and is what I'm doing on the right path. Am I doing something? Am I doing something good? And I need something to go right in my because that because I was like losing a little bit of momentum. I was going through a lot of things that and that at that moment and reflect on a lot of things. So it was just this thing of I don't know if I can take much more of this. Like something has to change. Something something's gotta give. So and I was just this is me being honest with myself. Every day, every day I was every day I was I was just struggling some way or somehow. Yeah, no, and again I think you maybe like you said maybe not fully intentionally but it, 
I think it comes across beautifully because as someone, you know, myself that doesn't necessarily have to wake up and wonder, you know, is it okay for me to walk out my front door today? Or, you know, not that I enjoy being pulled over by the cops, but that's much less of a concern of mine, how that interaction's going to go than it is for someone like you and, you know, the BIPOC community and, and just marginalized people in general. And so for me to hear that song again, it just gave me a really clear vision of like, this is a real problem. There are people literally that are, are waking up and don't know if they can leave their house and come back to it in the same conditions. Right. It is. Like it is, and I guess going into like that second verse of it, there, there's this place in, in West Maryland and called Savage River and this big stream, big river. And I always thought about falling in there. Not sure if it was intentional or if it was just by accident. And I'll take just take one more leap of faith or cowardice. Savage River tell me which is worse. I don't know why I'm falling in there. And so it, there, there's a few like heavy, like heavy themes in that song that I won't don't really want to get into about it, but that's always been like a more personal one for me. But it's also what that's given me a lot of strength and helped me kind of push forward. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's for me. It's it's in my top three, I think, on this album for songs that like I, you know, really grabbed a hold of and like. You know, I was listening to it while I was at work and stuff like that, you know, listening to the album while I was at work and whatnot. And it's an office job, so it's not like, you know, I have a ton of distractions or anything. But, you know, I was listening to it while, like, sending emails and I do graphic design for, for this company and whatnot. And so I was doing some design work. And, like, I I definitely remember, especially with that song, um, the first probably two or three times that it was coming around on the album um, literally just stopping what I was doing for that five minutes that the, the song is and just truly letting it have space because it is such a powerful message. Thank you. That, that, that was one. I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback from like a lot of different people and they've, they've all really like gravitated towards that song. So I'm glad that that at, at its core is giving a lot of people strength that they, that they truly needed at the time. Sure, or even now, so I'm glad. I'm glad that you that you find healing. I'm glad. I'm glad to you find yourself in that inside that song. That does mean a lot to me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, dive into New American Meltdown a little bit because obviously the title alone is really kind of the state of of where the U.S. is, especially as you and I talk today with Roe v. Wade being overturned. Like we are truly in this kind of fucking weird societal meltdown era and you know i don't i don't know exactly obviously the details of the song yet but um you know when you were writing that kind of where was your head at what were what were you experiencing for that song during uh, no, no, when i wrote that song that that started back in um that song was known out that was written back back in 20 um back in 2019 like i had uh, around maybe like september or so and that again that song just kind of, kind of about state of the world right now I kept thinking about um, that that Woody Guthrie song, um, "This Land Is Your Land," and while that song in its core 
is a is a is a protest it's a protest song it's um it, it's gotten it's gotten misconstrued because it's not really it's not really people think people think that it's not a protest song ring is my happy song that's supposed to unite people but actually it's talking about our division so that's why the opening line is from coast to coast from sea to shining sea what do you got these fucking wrong this land's not me because the land isn't made for you it wasn't made for you and me for you and me back then it's not made for you and me it's not made for you and me now I just want I just wanted to write like a straightforward punk song, a straightforward yeah. just, just protest song. And I want to show it's it's the angriest song I feel like on, on the album. But it but it needed it needed to be. It need, it needed that edge to it. And that's just that's just my love letter to to Green Day. That's my love letter to to um Woody Guthrie. That's my love letter to for lack of a better word. Well, well, well love letter for lack of a better term for, for Woody Guthrie. Because I do love Woody Guthrie, but I'm not sure that'll be a love letter to him. And kind of how, how I call him out doing that, yeah. But but it's my little like all the all the angry like Green Day against me, um like all like all these old school all these punk bands I used to listen to back in the day. Want someone to really kind of emulate emulate that anger. Just speak about kind of state of world state of world we're dealing we're living in right now. We're dealing with we're dealing with um, millennials and um and Gen Z not making that much money. We're dealing we're dealing with um we're dealing with um boomers just keep just keep, keep trying to take, take control of things we're dealing with um being triggered all the time due to and we live in a state where we're just constantly constantly triggering let's continue watching kids get slaughtered in fucking schools we're still watching um people fight over trans rights being human rights we're still dealing with this stuff right now again it was written in 20 it was written back in 2019 but now we're here we are in 2022 and nothing's changed right at all Besides, besides who's in the fucking White House? Yeah, no, and you know, I, I think that's the the scary thing, especially you know, for like you and I, like I know you're quite a bit younger than me. I think you said you were 28 the other day, right? So um, I'm 37, so I've got nine years on you. But we've seen, obviously, like you were old enough to remember the same things I'm old enough to remember when I was in high school. You were in elementary, like you know what I mean. So like. Honestly, things have, as terrifying as it is, things have kind of reached that fever pitch, right? Like, they're at probably the worst that we've experienced in our lifetime. Are they the worst globally that they've ever been? Maybe, maybe not. But for our society, for what we've experienced, honestly, the last, you know, four years from 2019 to today has been some of the scariest times and some of the most fucked up situations because, like, if you really sit down and think about it, at least for us logical people, if you sit down and think about it, like, why the fuck are we having some of these debates? You know, like we've said before, these are just human rights. Who the fuck cares? You know, I should not have any authority over what anyone else does to their body, period. So, why are we having these discussions? Exactly. What? Why, why are we outwardly defending fucking Nazis? Why are we outwardly trying, trying to defend fucking fascists? Why are we calling calling this shit out? I'm tired of I'm tired of just playing playing nice and just and just trying to be palatable for that shit. Like I don't have to do that at all. It's not my obligation. I will call this shit out. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, I will call this shit out no matter no matter what. Like we. <sighs> We we we, can't, we still need to do this. This song, in my case, like for the for the example, why we need to keep addressing addressing these things out. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, man. I, I a thousand percent agree with you. Um, the other track, uh, the kind of the last track I wanted to like deep dive on. And if you've got one that I skipped, we, we can definitely go back and, and talk about it too. But, um, to me, the title track life, love and the bomb a is a super fucking rad song to begin with. But number two, the thing that I love that you did with that song is it's the longest song on the record. It's the closing song and nobody fucking does this anymore. You did the whole, like, I'm going to put dead space in this and kind of hide a message here at the end with this kind of almost a hidden track. Um, I, I guess, obviously, A, talk about the song in general, but B, what was kind of the motivation for, for you to do that? Was it just kind of that old school feel where, you know, that used to be a very common thing? Or is it just like a, I want to see if people pay attention to me? It was it was a mixture of both. Like that that track when I when when the pandemic first started happening, I started writing that song, and it was that song kind of took maybe like maybe two years to write, just because I was losing kind of like my own. I was in my writing block in regards to that, but once I started writing more and more of the songs off of there, off, off the album, that song was kind of the. I re- realized what the album was about. I realized that, and I got that final um, verse where I talk about um why you talk about the bomb just to kind of wrap it, wrap everything up in, my, in a nice little bow. Um, I wanted that song kind of be my love letter, again, another love letter to, to like, to, um, to like Mumford and Sons, to, to folk music. And, and I just, and this nice little jump, jumping beat towards it, alongside like Block and Molly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I so, yeah, there, there is a hidden track on the album. And I want, I realize that I'm not an artist who writes singles. I'm an artist at a school who writes albums. I want to make a very big cohesive type thing. Yeah. Just so I can um just so I um just so people can pay attention pay attention to what to what I'm creating. And so and no nobody does hidden tracks anymore and it makes me fucking furious. Hidden tracks are just the coolest thing. Like my favorite hidden track of all time. Well, two hidden tracks. Um on on the black parade by my chemical romance mm-hmm. you wait like five minutes and there's a, there's a hidden track called blood it's just all piano and then when you listen then there's a hidden track on follow boys album for lee i do if you rewind it and you go back like on on the first track if you go back like like two and a half minutes or so there's a song called lullaby and it's just fucking amazing so this, this hidden track is is a whole is is an old um slave um um slave song called follow drinking board and the whole album being about um finding hope in the things that you, that that make that you fear the most i wanted that song to be kind of like pure speed hidden track just so people can the way that the way the, um slave songs would will help um black folk help me help my people find find north and just find freedom i wanted that song to kind of find for people to find their own freedom and i tend to put that on there at nine minutes and twenty nine seconds, because that's how long it took George Floyd to die. Right. So I wanted that to be to be my to be my tribute to George Floyd. Also, just to just to be my tribute to people know that I that I'm a black first, activist second, a musician third, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you know, there's so many. Obviously, now that I'm trying to sit here and think of some of them that I wanted to name drop, like. I'm going to forget some, but like, you know, the used used to do the, the hidden track. Um, a lot of like 
punk and pop punk bands used to do those hidden tracks and it was always fun like if you didn't notice it the first time or like you know back in the day there were like you said having to rewind on a song to actually find the hidden hidden portion and things like that like they back when it was a physical format it was a fucking treasure trove of awesome shit uh and like you said nobody fucking does it anymore and i I I understand why in the sense of, well, it's not hard to figure out. You know what I mean? When I saw that Life, Love, and the Bomb is a 12-minute song, odds are that's not your Stairway to Heaven 12-minute song, you know? So I had right. a feeling that there was going to be something kind of like that. Um, but, you know, I think, too, the thing that you said just now that was really cool to me is that you're not a singles type of artist. Um and the reason that that's so cool to me is because everybody since digital streaming has come out, everybody has started making that transition and it fucking pisses me off because it, it feels like, then what's the point of doing the album? If all you want to do is release a single, then just fucking release singles. Why are you wasting money and time to create an album? Whereas you're looking at it more with this, you know, big picture. I want to tell a story and not necessarily tell a three-minute story, you know, six times a year. I want to tell one massive story. Exactly. I'll, I'll probably continue continue to guess it, like write actual albums. I just write full on, just like write three-minute party party singles and and do do any of that stuff. Like I, I want I want to write cool stuff. I want to bring back stuff that that we kind of lost. Like. We see, we see, we see artists like doing like albums or whatever, and whatever too, and they do do very cool. He's still like Kendrick Lamar does it. See what you will about, but but Kanye does it. Um, you still see like Green Day and all of them putting out albums, but I just I still want to continue continue that trend. I want to make something that is very concept conceptual at, at the same time. Like when I was younger, I, I loved MCR because they wrote like these big cohesive stories with their albums. I loved Green Day's American Idiot. I loved um, I truly love like sergeant peppers mm -hmm. and it goes again and like the wall and dark side of the because they're all like these very storytelling cohesive conceptual albums and nobody does nobody really does anymore nobody does like the whole rock hoppers or or, cons or high concept albums anymore. i want to see those come back yeah because that, that's true art at the, at the end of the day all, all art is all art is art but but for for me i just that's my favorite that's my favorite form of art in regards to music, just concept albums. Yeah, no, I and I'm a big fan of that too. You know, like for me, especially growing up, um, I say growing up, but I guess it would have been like through roughly graduating high school and and college and whatnot. Uh, but Coheed and Cambria, like all of their albums, are about the Amori Wars, which is this concept that Claudio has that he actually ended up making into a comic book and shit. Like, but it was all these little bits of story each album told like basically a different chapter of the story and it was like it always left you hanging going man i can't wait to figure out what else is going on with these these characters and while maybe you don't necessarily write a a character you know what i mean like yours is is real life in that sense you know i guess it could still be character work to some degree um but you know i think that's where at least I'm at with, with this album, especially, and I need to deep dive into to your catalog. Uh, cause you do have, you know, work before this that 
I want to check out and that I think people should. But I think for me with this album, even though it just dropped, I'm already kind of looking at like, man, you know, like, especially with the topics that you've tackled already and with the bullshit that's happening right now, as of today with Roe v. Wade and, and everything else, like the potential that you have to tell these stories is incredible. Right, it is. Um, this 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 album was really really important for me to write on. So I I really just want to get more of my truth out there. I wanted this is really just a combination of of stuff I I grew up listening to alongside stuff that I um that I, that I, where where I'm at right now. Like my the two big albums that really influenced me the most were um. Or Green is American Idiot. Well, three albums, I'll say. Green is American Idiot, MCRs, Three Chips for Super Revenge, and Ten Pills of Iron Song. And I wanted, I wanted this to kind of be a well, just my, I guess my my homage to all of that. Because I wanted the full element of of Love Iron Song. I wanted the, the theatrics of of MCRs, um, Three Cheers. But I also wanted that catchiness of like all the American Idiot songs. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you you definitely have if you haven't hit the nail on the head with it you are damn close i think it's just going to be a matter of getting it into to more people's ears um and spreading the word and and you're gonna see i think anyway you're gonna see this huge upswing of fan base and support um and i think you know you're you're really in this interesting position to really make an impact for a lot of people and i think it's a really cool thing that, that's that's what i'm pulling for honestly um i just want i hope that makes it i hope it makes an impact on people i hope that people will take this message of what i'm doing and i hope that people can find kind of hope in there um throughout this album while i was writing this like most of the rich from this album and this album is, is just dedicated to all my friends honestly like it was um, with my band, um, with, with Corey Macrath on, on guitar, who's just a guy that I love him to death. With Zach Dodge on bass, again, just best harmonies on this album, just best harmonies in general. Then our producer, Derek Shank, and my close friend, Derek Shank, who was playing drums and alongside helping me out through this. And then with all the friends who I had, like throughout COVID loss, right, this album helped me get kind of get through the days. I wanted this to kind of be my, again, just be my, just tribute to them. I want to thank them for, for allowing me to kind of process these things I was dealing with and it kind of help helping me get through it. So it's, it's an emotional, it's an emotional thing for me to get this out there and just seeing this react, these reactions to and keep in these messages of hope, of love, and just them respond to it in a great way. So I hope that I continue to get more of that. I hope the music I put out later on, people still continue to vibe out to it and alongside feel something from it and have it move them in some way, shape, and form. But at the core of it, it's will come out of what I want to write at the end of the day. Sometimes it'll be for them, sometimes it won't. But it'll be for me regardless. Yeah. Give me the, like, the, worst, the best of times and the worst of times. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I think we kind of partially answered one of the questions I like to, to wrap up with, um, especially when you have a new body of work coming out, or in your case, that just dropped. Um, so it's a two-part question. 
the first part is what song do you think people are going to resonate with, which I think we kind of answered, but you know, we'll, we'll leave that part in there. The flip side of that is what song do you want people to pay the most attention to on the album? So one song I think people are going to resonate with the most, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, we're all white rabbits. Uh, that song is just basically just trying to get through today. And the, and the song is basically just trying to get through um, just having the worst day possible and just trying to just wanting to get better. It's, it's like my spiritual successor to my song Cloud Nine Kid. Um, basically just about um, just knowing that the world's always going to turn. But um, say say somebody is telling you that the world's that um, think it's going to get better. We're all right, rabbits. It's, it's your response to saying I fucking hope so because I need it. So I, I hope that people kind of resonate with that song. Yeah. Um, that I think people are going to find a lot of hope in, and there's like a lot of like themes that the way they can relate to that one. As far as the song, I want people people to to vibe with the most and get the most out of. Um, I would say there's two. One of them being Steelers Lament because we we've all had heartbreak in our life. We all have breakups. We all have have lost love, and that song is basically about trying to find yourself through that love. Mm -hmm. Well, just trying to really love yourself at the end of the day and getting lost and learning how to get get to not think about that person or just trying to do better by yourself. So I want so I want people to rest me with that one, and also the other one that it's a, it's the longest one, but there's also a song called The Mafia, and that's like seven minutes long and. For, I put out what ha whatever happened to Jim Crow back in 2018, and as soon as George Floyd happened, I started writing that song. And I said to myself, "People think I'm not going to write about George Floyd or what's going on with the BLM movement. They're fucking wrong." So everything that I that people expected me to say, everything that people want to hear, what I have to say, it's all in that song. So they can pay attention to that. And I'm that's the song I'm not playing live at all. That's the song I refuse to play live because that's a lot of emotional labor. Where I cringe after as soon as I finish playing it, and it just hurts me too much from playing that song. So you want to hear my thoughts about everything about the black experience moving forward and what we got to do now? It's all in that song. Yeah, no, and I think that's that's a a really powerful statement too. That you know, we talked about it a little bit on the mental health episode, but I really don't think a lot of people take into consideration that you know how emotionally intensive some of these songs are for artists and you know there may be a, a very valid reason on why your favorite band doesn't play the song that you want them to play it could just be too fucking heavy for them to do you know 30 nights in a row and try to put all that emotion out there and i guess um i guess we people listen to that at the, at the, core, at the core of it well, I guess structurally speaking, I wanted that song was kind of my my tribute to kind of Chuck Reagan. Every time I play the song, I kind of I kind of imagine Chuck Reagan singing it. It's a it's a weird thing, but I always imagine like some of those vocals during during the chorus. I imagine like his voice on that, and um, it's just basically about the talk I had my mom when I was younger dealing with dealing with these things. It, it deals with um, how I am now, like fearing going outside and not knowing if I'm going to die or not. Not, um, not knowing if I'm going to get shot and by the police or just harassed by somebody on the street or, or be a victim of a hate crime. It, it deals with, it deals, and it deals with how, how we got to move forward now. Like the fact that we need to, that we need to keep fighting and 
sometimes war pain and blood it, it, it's all the same thing yeah we got and it, and it hurts and it sucks but we just got to keep fighting we got to keep pushing we got to keep going back to full circle to what we were talking about earlier we got we got to keep fighting we got to keep pushing we got to keep making sure that we, that we are safe and we are okay yeah i keep fighting for these marginalized people absolutely man um so this will be going out um in let me pull up the calendar here um it looks like probably about two to three weeks so i know you said you have a important announcement that's going to come out on monday so obviously this is not going to leak it uh but what does 2022 look like for you kind of what's your your plan and your vision for the rest of this year going into to next so I, I have like a few things scheduled scheduled up right now as far as show wise, but the biggest announcement you said won't it's not gonna come out till twenty um until three weeks from now, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I I probably I can put this out there right now. I feel like I'll get in trouble for it. But I'll be embarking on a tour at the end of the year in November to December with Nathan Gray and Clowns in in Europe in five different countries. So we'll be hitting Austria, Germany, Switzerland, Netherlands, and we're hitting the UK. Yeah, that's sick. Uh, is that just for my personal knowledge? I guess. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll probably leave it in the podcast, but unless you end up hitting me up between now and then and say, "Hey, we can't post that yet," um, but is this your your first time going overseas to to play music? Yes, yeah, so it's my first time going overseas to play music, and it's going to be quite an experience. Yeah. Um, Again, it'll be Nathan, Nathan, it'll be Nathan and the whole Iron Roses again. Then Clowns, they're banned off of Australia, signed to Fat Records, Fat Records. And it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, that sounds dope, man. Um, so, yeah, cool. Uh, like I said, definitely let me know if if something happens and you're not allowed to announce it for whatever reason. We'll, I can cut that part out if we need to. Uh, but... Other than that, uh, kind of the standard outro, man. Uh, obviously, I'm going to link all your socials and everything, but where can people find you online? Kind of what's the best way to interact with you? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Black Guy Fox. You can find me on on Twitter at Black Guy Fox. You can find me on Instagram at Black Guy Fox and Facebook at Black Guy Fox Music. Um, Life Love and the Bomb is out right now. Listen to it. Find hope in it. I hope you guys find true enjoyment out of it. I hope you guys find true um, peace. Love and Happiness out this whole album. And keep listening to this. I have and there'll be more announcements coming up soon about vinyls, about CDs, about everything, everything on the sun that I can put out there. So I'm gonna keep playing music until you guys are tired of me, yes. And I will see, I will I love you all very much and I'll see you guys soon. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time so much. Uh, you know, definitely wanna do whatever I can to help support you and and get the word out there. So we'll definitely be in touch and keep uh, posting as much as we can for you. I truly appreciate that, man. I'm, um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're feeling on the album. I mean, that's been a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go grab some dinner uh, and, you know, I hope you enjoy your night and, and this weekend and especially next weekend, hopefully it's, uh, you know, with the 4th of July and everything goes smooth. So, Thank you, man. I truly appreciate it. I will, I will talk to you soon. I'm looking forward to hearing, well, to hearing the, the whole interview, both interviews, at least. 
So I'm about to go have dinner myself. So I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Sounds good, man. All right. You have a good one. You too. Later. And that was my conversation with Black Guy Fox. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Like I said, huge shout out to him for taking the time to do that conversation. Uh, We ended up rescheduling a little bit because I was under the weather and whatnot. Um, But yeah, again, great time talking to him. Uh, Really want you guys to go check out the new album, Life, Love, and the Bomb. Um, It's a really cool set of songs you know that are about social injustice and protest and and things like that but not written in a way that is overly aggressive necessarily or that you know is um that detracts from the songwriting or the the musical talent um you know the song structures and things like that so head over check that out Uh, As always, I'll have links to his social medias, so you can be sure to jump over and give him a like, follow, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, And yeah, that's kind of it for this episode. Uh, On the You Make the Scene side, be sure that you are following, sharing, all that fun stuff. Uh, I am still looking for a artist slash illustrator slash graphic designer slash merch designer whatever you want to call yourself if you're someone that knows how to draw uh, preferably in digital format uh, and would like to collaborate with me on some design ideas I have that would be awesome shoot me a message um, and we will see what we can figure out together and uh, put some new designs out other than that there are some new items up in the merch store uh, go to youmakethescene.com slash shop, and you will see all of that. Also, uh, playing with the idea of doing some limited edition prints and whatnot. So, you know, maybe 8x10s, um, 11 by 17 something like that, uh, of some of the concert photos. These would be fine art prints and a limited number, so... Uh, definitely, like I said, playing with that idea and, uh, we'll see what happens from there, but, um, that's everything guys. Be sure that you follow us on Instagram and Facebook, uh, share with your friends. A lot of really cool stuff is coming up soon. Um, and I need your help to, you know, boost the analytics a little bit and get some of these other things, uh, flowing a little faster. So anything you guys can do would be incredibly helpful and i really appreciate it uh as always remember take care of yourselves take care of each other and you make the scene